0: As the COVID-19 crisis continues, upending every element of life, businesses everywhere are facing what this unprecedented situation will mean for their futures. In this podcast from BizNow, we're hearing from members of the commercial real estate industry about how they're managing this new reality and their day-to-day approaches. I'm Miriam Hall. I'm BizNow's New York reporter. In this episode, I'm talking with Nelson Mills, who's the CEO of Columbia Property Trust, which is a real estate investment trust listed on the New York Stock Exchange. The firm owns office buildings, mainly in New York, San Francisco and Washington, D.C. He and his wife are now working from their apartment in Manhattan, and he spoke to me about easing anxieties within his team, the future of office, and how the first case of the virus with a tenant made this all sink in
1: that's when it really became real when when our tenants uh, we began to detect cases within our tenant roster
0: lots of people decided to leave the city um, but you didn't you obviously didn't do that
1: that's true you know at the time this all came down we still had uh, people at our properties we had property managers assistant property managers and others engineers and security at our building in fact we still have just a handful of, of security people at the properties keeping them safe and secure and clean. Um, but at the time we still had several people at the properties and it just, it just felt like, even though I, I can't go in or I'm not going in every day, just being here, um, uh, with the team felt like the right thing to do. And we're, and we're safe and comfortable here. This is, this is, uh, this is fine. If we stay in and, and, uh, follow precautions, I think it's, uh, it's, it's probably as safe as place to be as anywhere else.
0: Are you taking walks? Like, how are you getting out much?
1: Yeah, yeah. So once a day or so, uh, we we get out for a walk. We're you know we're being very safe. We're keeping distance, and um, and you know keeping them brief. Uh, we avoid uh, you know stores for the most part. We're having uh, delivery to the apartment. Uh, we do drop in occasionally uh, to Dwayne Reed for a quick item or two, but even there, being very careful. So, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think getting out and getting a little fresh air is, is in, in important. So we try to do that about once a day.
0: Have you shifted anything about how you're approaching things as the news this week has become more and more alarming?
1: Well, I think, I think we're all settling in to the fact that this is going to be longer term, that this, this current status, this quarantine is going to be at least a month. And even we're beginning to think as a team beyond that, uh, when this ends, and it will eventually end, how do we face back in? I think that's going to be uh, complex. Some some tenants will have the need or the desire to come back sooner than others. Uh, some, uh, I'm sure everybody is going to be a little bit concerned, wary about the safety and cleanliness, the security of the building, and so forth. And so we're. We're looking for uh, for ways we can provide that assurance. Um, I think some tenants, including including us in our own office space, I think we're going to focus on less density for a while. You know, I keep uh, not have quite as many people in the office. Maybe do a rotating schedule between home and work, um, and alternate that a bit. Again, just until we get comfortable, until we know that the threat is passed. So, and I think. I think that's uh, we're hearing from tenants. We're we're in regular contact with many of our tenants, and I think that same sort of planning is going on with them. What does this look like on the others on the other side of this? But I think that's a month away. I think everybody understands now that's at least a month away, probably longer.
0: This is you know obviously completely unprecedented. But is there anything comparable to this that you've been through either on a professional or a personal level?
1: Well, certainly not. Uh, in, in my lifetime or, or personally, nothing from a health, uh, crisis like this, um, economically and, um, from a market standpoint, obviously the, the 08, 09 crisis was dramatic and sudden and it really shook us at the roots of, you know, of our economy and our system and so forth. That was, um, uh, that was probably the most, um, from a market economic standpoint that was similar or we'll, we'll see if it was similar we'll see how 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 we react to this how the market reacts and how quickly it recovers but uh, that certainly uh, comes to mind 9 11 uh, obviously was um, a major event for the city and for the country and we're still not over that of course um, but unlike those two events were events that happened they happened suddenly and then we we were spending all of our time, energy, and emotions recovering from an event, and um, and of course trying to prevent recurrence of those events. But there's recovery from an event. This is a little bit different in that we're in it. You know, it's a process that we're in the middle of, and we have to work through. And it could be months before we we process through this through the uh, the crisis and the threat, and then. Then the recovery begins. So I think it's different in that respect.
0: Yeah, a lot of people are likening it to both 2008 and 9/11 as both you know cataclysmic events that really just right. reshaped everything. But as you say, there were things that happened at once, and then we could process. This is right. we're not even at process processing point yet.
1: Right. There's so much uncertainty about where this is all going, and it's evolving daily and we're all hoping for that game changer the vaccine or the or some some you know discovery or some or some treatment that can give us more comfort that uh that we're going to be able to you know to minimize uh, loss of life and all that but that's not there today.
0: So you're a CEO which means everyone's kind of looking to you. How have you been able to quell anxiety within your team or have you been able to quell anxiety within your team considering we're all worried and you're no different
1: i am the leader of the company and and uh, certainly um i think it's important to communicate daily and with everybody on the team and and uh i think open communication is important um uh, obviously uh, our our team and and their families uh, look look to each other to their faith uh to to their families and um For their strength and support as well but we you know we we try to uh, like I said myself and the other leaders of the company um, are doing everything we can just to stay in touch with people uh, to let them know that the company's okay uh, your job's okay we're gonna take care of our tenants we're gonna take care of our properties we're gonna get through this and uh, and just keep yourself safe and healthy Um, if you have any anxiety anything you want to talk about, business or non-business, phone call away. Some people on our team have extended families that live in their town and they've got a great support group. Others are living alone in an apartment uh, in New York or whatever. And so everybody's in a little different place. And so to the extent we can be uh, a a part of that personal support, we're certainly – we certainly will be.
0: You said that you're looking after your tenants. Um, how are you doing it? Does that mean rent relief in a practical sense?
1: Well, so er- early on, you know, over, well over a month ago, um, as as this as this threat was coming to light, we uh, we started communicating with our tenants early on about procedures we were undertaking, uh, extra cleaning at the building. Uh, when we got when we heard of our first cases within our Tenant roster. We communicated to the buildings that were affected. No details, of course, about the tenant or the or the individuals affected, but just that that there was a case in the building, and here's what we're doing to keep you safe. And so that was early on. Um, it, it's a few weeks ago. Um, tenants, including us, began to evacuate the buildings, work from home. So we've had mostly empty buildings for a couple of weeks. Even then, uh, providing assurance that. You know your your building is um, uh, safe and secure, and your um, your things are protected. Um, the building is accessible. Uh, in the case, you know, you know we we do have people on site, so we re- give them that reassurance. Uh, in terms of economic assistance, um, so far we've had uh, a few requests from mostly retail tenants, which have been the most dramatically and instantly affected. Right, so. Um, and what we're doing, we're taking each of those on a case-by-case basis. Certainly, we're we're showing, uh, we're you know we're being empathetic in our response. We're we're listening to the need, um, and we'll take it on a case-by-case basis. Office tenants, um, we really haven't had any office tenants yet uh, approach us for any sort of relief or deferral, um, but that's likely to come. You know, as this prolongs, we'll certainly have some of those cases, and we'll and we'll take it. Uh, We'll we'll take it on a case by case basis. Uh, we just like these companies need to protect their businesses, their investors, their team, uh, and their customers. Uh, we're no different. Uh, we have investors that we're responsible to. We we do need to protect their financial interests. But at the same time, we have these long term relationships with these tenants. And these are important relationships. They extend for many years. We really want to um, to be good partners to our tenants as well. So. Uh, we'll be understanding and to the extent we can help or restructure something creatively to help them out without hurting our investors uh, we'll do it but there's more to come on that uh, miriam we're just getting started i'm sure uh, on that issue
0: so initially it's only been retail that have reached out and asked for for a relief um, and you you have granted some is that right
1: um, we are in discussions on several and you're right so far it's just been retail but We we we're first of all retail is only is less than five percent of our revenue stream, so it's relatively small. We're mostly we're mostly just office, but we do have ancillary retail in several of our properties. And um, in most cases, the the tenant has asked for you know a couple of months of deferral uh, in exchange for paying it back over the next several months or something like that. So nobody's asked for just a a, a pure abatement, but um, so. Our, our senior team, our senior real estate team is weighing those and uh, we'll take the next few weeks to, to, to look at those requests and consider each one and make a decision on that as we go. But it's, um, it's a little bit early to say exactly what we'll do for whom.
0: It's hard though, isn't it? Because you want to be empathetic because everyone's suffering, yeah. but at the same time you've got yeah. responsibilities to your investors.
1: Yeah, that's right. Well, so we want to be empathetic and understanding, but and we also uh, value these tenants. We they're the lifeblood of our of our business. So, if we can be good partners to them and help them sustain and survive and thrive, uh, it benefits them, but it also benefits us in the long run. So, um, we'll we'll keep that perspective as we as we evaluate uh, each situation.
0: You know, obviously, we're all going to be probably looking at life a little differently after this experience what do you think that means from like an office point of view? Are you worried that people are going to say, you know what, we don't need this office. Uh, we can just send yeah. our employees home.
1: Yeah, that is an interesting question and one I think we've all been pondering in these last few weeks. And I think um, I think you can make an argument in either way. On the one hand, um, we can work from home. We can function from home. We have been doing that. We may be doing that for another month or two. Um, how important is it for us to have this much office space or have this many people coming to an office? Um, that's, that's true. That's something that some, I'm sure some uh, some tenants, some companies will go that direction. Let's figure out a way to have less people in the office and more from home. I think on the other hand, we've all experienced, we have all can have a better appreciation for the value of of, of an office environment and uh, collaborating in person and assimilation and so forth. I mean, I think we're all a little stir crazy from being at home and not being able to be sitting down the hall or across the room from, from our uh, associates. So I, I do think there will be an appreciation for how important an office environment is. All that said, there will be a concern about density As you know, over the last several years, there has been a trend toward densification of office space, open space, more people, you know, uh, or less square footage per person. Um, That's a trend we could see reversed as a result of this. So what does that mean for landlords? That means, um, you know, or for tenants, you know, yes, we want less densification. If we have the same number of people, then we need more space. Right, so there are a few competing uh, trends that could come out of this and and we'll see. I think the landlord uh, that wins in this over time is the landlord that listens to their tenant, understands their needs, is flexible uh, with those tenants and recutting uh, arrangements, leases, space requirements. Um, I think just being flexible and working with with these employers, these tenants, to meet their needs, I think that will be key.
0: Yeah, I think we're all going to thinking, be thinking differently about the open plan. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true. And and maybe, you know, maybe there are design elements that are going to be incorporated in terms of keeping things cleaner.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: You know, maybe being ways to keep, you know, as we learn more and more about this, how this, how this travels, you know, keeping ourselves cleaner and healthier perhaps is going to be a major part of office design going forward.
1: That's right, Miriam. So we are in the process of building out our corporate office space at, in here in Manhattan at, at uh, 315 Park Avenue South, and we're, we're, we're in the process of planning and designing that right now when all this happened. And so we've had that discussion. Um, say we're going to have 50 people in this space. Well, we have an open design, we have open desk, we have common areas, breakout rooms, large conference rooms, small conference rooms, you know, we have all of those all of that. But it's a very open design.
0: Petri dishes, basically.
1: Yeah, exactly. So over the last couple of day last couple of weeks we've we for our own personal use and our other ten- our tenants are having these same discussions, we've said, Well, wait a minute, should we be going to closed offices? Should we be going to cubicles with with walls around the cubicles uh and we came to the conclusion that that probably doesn't help that much because yes you may be protected while you're in your queue but you're sharing common conference rooms and and uh and break room and you know the kitchen you're sharing all these you've got surfaces they're all in common you're you're passing each other in the corridors you're meeting around the same conference tables and so we concluded two things one let's look to, let's look to create less density, less people in the space, you know, more, more elbow room, so we're not on top of each other, at least initially until we figure all this out. That's one thing. And then two, you hit on it. What are going to be our protocol, our procedures for, for cleaning? Not just overnight and not just the way we do it, but does it make sense? Would it give more comfort to the team to, you know, throughout the day of, uh, you know, you know, just have, have somebody or have, uh, or have a team that's responsible for just maintaining a higher level of, uh, um, you know, sanitation and so forth. So again, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll figure that out as will all of our tenants, but there's no way we come out of this and not be impacted in the design and, and practices of the office, certainly.
0: You've been, a, you've been a supporter, we've spoken in the past, about co-working. You have co-working in your portfolio. And I believe one of your buildings has WeWork there uh, as, as, I think, the anchor tenant. Um, is that any of that going to change, do you think, considering how we see things play out with this virus, its economic impacts on the co-working companies?
1: Uh, well, yeah. So we have WeWork in three properties – um, not all that much space collectively, but they are a tenant in a San Francisco property, a D.C. property. And then here in, um, in New York, at 149 Madison, they, they are the only tenant. It's a single-tenant property. Um, it's at the corner of 32nd and Madison in Nomad. Um, so the the San Francisco and DC properties have been up and running and very uh, highly utilized and uh, very you know uh, have been well performing properties for some time through WeWork, uh, and then One Forty Nine Madison is under construction. It's being redeveloped and it's not occupied by by WeWork or its customers yet. That's scheduled to happen this summer. They begin paying rent this summer. So um, in all three cases. Um, we're in discussion with We work. They continue construction on the New York property. Uh, they are well utilized up until the um, you know the outbreak. They're well utilized at the other two properties, and so so far so good. And but even but as you know, even before this outbreak, uh, there was a lot of concern about uh, you know we work with the high profile uh, you know. The events they went through back in the fall, and over, and so uh, there. And what we've been told by WeWork and we believe is they're focused on our types of properties, these um, central business district gateway market assets like the three that they're in. So uh, again, I I don't have any crystal ball or any inside knowledge uh, on the fate of WeWork. Uh, I do know at all three of our properties they're proceeding. As, um, as planned, um, you know, that could all change. I, th- I certainly think they're bound to be more dramatically impacted by COVID-19 than, than, uh, than landlords with longer term leases. Um, that's, that's only natural to assume that I think, uh, but we'll see. We'll see, we'll be in close contact with them over the coming months. And uh, if uh, hopefully we have, we work as a tenant for years to come. If that changes for any reason, Um, we're confident uh, that all three of those spaces um, you know we could we'll have other options for it down the road.
0: So you told me that you're you're staying productive and you're staying positive what what tips do you have have you gathered any handy little tips or anything in terms of keeping uh, on track throughout the day when everything is so different?
1: Well you know I think um, you know communication is the key and not just going through to-do list and tracking projects and all that, but just uh, keeping the personal side that, you know at the front and center, um, we have we have uh, small group calls, we have large group calls, we have full company calls, we try to introduce a little fun we have, uh, we have well, our property ma- our head of property management uh, for the property management team uh, held a ugliest slipper contest uh, this week. So everybody submitted their, everybody submitted their ugliest slippers, and we had that contest. So it's those kinds of things, just keeping, uh, keeping a little bit, keeping it a little more lighthearted to the extent we can. These are, these are challenging, serious times, but to the extent we we can keep that communication going, um, and also just sharing successes. You know, we've gotten some leases done in the last couple of weeks. We, we just sold, we just closed on the sale of a property yesterday uh, in Pasadena that uh, had been under contract, and so. Uh, and we share those successes and we remind people that we can do this and um, this isn't going to last forever, but, we, but even the interim, we can, we can keep this going. We can do this and we, we will be fine. Um, we, we talk very openly about the share price. You know, the share price dropped over 50% a couple of weeks ago. It's largely recovered since then, but, you know, that's, uh, you know, imp- our team notices that. And so what's that about? What caused that? And so we talk very openly and candidly about about all those factors. Um, the CFO and I and and the, our head of investor relations spend a lot of time on the phone with investors and with analysts. We share that information with the rest of the team, and we make sure we're all, um, you know, we're all uh, in this together. So I think those. I think that's a, a key part of it, um, and. You know at the end of the day uh, just keeping in mind that we, yes we are a company we're our group but we're made up of, of individuals who all have concerns and anxieties and we have families to take care of and um you know just being mindful of that i think is is the most important thing
0: is there anything you think i'll let you go in a minute but is there anything since this has happened that you've changed your thinking on as a result of this
1: you know um I think number one, you know, from personal level, is just to appreciate appreciate what what you've got. Appreciate every day. Appreciate um, uh, just how uh, you know just this the good fortune we have to to be to be employed, to be part of a company, to be part of uh, a team, and something bigger than yourself. To to appreciate that you know the, the resources you have and and so forth and um, you know I I think that's the key because as we learned things can change on a dime and um, uh, you know and I think you know being ready and prepared for that and and keeping keeping a positive attitude you know I think in all things is is key and I think that's um, that's uh, you know important to keep in mind I think this that's a lesson learned from all this and the other thing I'm settling into realize that this is going to be a long-term, um, as we, is evidenced by the many topics we just discussed, this is going to be a long-term paradigm shifting event and things will be different. Uh, we don't know exactly how or to what extent things will be different. And I think approaching, uh, the, the new, new world, the new paradigm with a positive attitude and a can do spirit, um, and with a lot of empathy is going to be absolutely key. I don't. I don't think it does us any of us any good to, to just dream that it's going to bounce back to normal in two months. I think uh, going in with a can-do positive attitude is going to be is going to be is going to mean everything. So that's what we uh, what we're focused on as a team. And then we'll we'll deal with the uh, we'll deal with the different elements of that as they come.
0: Thank you so much for making time. I really appreciate it.
1: Thanks, Miriam. Thanks for the opportunity. I really enjoyed speaking with you.